Hello, nerds, and welcome to Go To There, a 30 Rock podcast, a weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock, looking at the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all of the blurgs that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. Welcome to episode 8, The Breakup. As always, I am your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me today is... David Amick. And welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, Thanks. We just wrapped this episode. I think it's solid, just from beginning to end. It's just jam-packed with so much content that... There's not really a dull moment at all. It's just, it's it's from beat, beat to beat, it's it's solid. But you seem like you might have a different opinion. No, there's a lot of jokes. There's a lot of great jokes. Uh, the whole dialogue of Tracy and Twofer and like, uh, I, I can't, I keep mixing up actor names with character names. Alex Baldwin, whatever, Jack. His whole secret romance with Condoleezza Rice, but he doesn't keep it secret at all. And then just like the Jack, or I'm sorry, the Liz dating scene, that whole bit. It's just, there's so many great bits in this that it's, I forget that they're all from this episode, and that's what helps make it so solid. Yeah. All right, good contribution. Uh, Any first thoughts before we hop in, or do we just want to hop right in? Let's hop right in. All right, so the cold open is uh, the final straw for Liz uh, and Dennis. Uh, She comes home to see him. Doing some construction as well as uh, providing, I guess, a bit of a halfway house for his cousin. <laughs> you want to call it that? Just establishing his squatter's rights. Hey. Hey, babe. Dennis, what are you doing? I'm going to mount a TV on your wall. I just I can't find a stud. So you made nine holes in my wall? No, those are for the shelves, dummy. The TV is going to go right here. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be. It's going to be like a hospital. Oh, Dennis, I don't want a hospital TV. I don't want shell. Whose horse is that? Uh, it's my cousin Teddy's Great Dane. I told him I'd watch it for a couple of weeks because Teddy broke his ankle running from some black guys that pulled a gun on him. Now, why is it important to tell me that the muggers were black? They weren't muggers, they were cops. So why don't you just say he was running from some cops? I don't know. I mean, you're a racist for assuming that they weren't cops. <sighs> you know I'm allergic to dogs. Ah, allergies are all mental. Hey. Who the hell is this? That's ah, Teddy. Get out. I want you out of here. You can't kick me out. I love you. No, no. Get your stuff and get out. I'm not doing this anymore. You can't kick me out. I got squatter's rights. Which is it? You love me or you got squatter's rights? I don't see why they're mutually exclusive. Oh! So, I mean, this isn't the end of the cold opening. This is just a bit of a moment because it's kind of long again. Uh, but I don't, it's, that scene is just so much fun and it really just cuts to the point of why like Liz is just getting so frustrated with Dennis as a character and just how selfish he is but I, it's it's great I love it very much yes God, you're useless today <laughs> you keep saying everything thank you oh Liz finally it's about time you broke up with him he's a complete loser oh Jenna don't say that you know, he had some good moments Hey, I got donuts. What's up, Ranez? I made chili. Hey, you wanna wanna order cheesesteaks? I guess they were mostly food related, but he was always nice to me. Oh, that's okay. Cry it out, sister. No, I'm not crying. I'm allergic to the stupid Great Dane. That thing licked my eyes this morning. Wait a minute. Dennis and the dog are still in your apartment? I gave him a week to find a new place. Oh, 
No, but we're completely broken up. If that's true, then I'm taking you out to celebrate a girls' night. We'll meet some new people. Oh, you mean like at a discotheque? Oh boy. I like the word discotheque. Yeah, that that's a word that needs to come back into circulation. It yeah. needs to be used more often. I think in Europe they still use that term, like not as a seventies disco, just any dance club yeah. type place. Uh, there's a charm to it, but it is—I mean, it's a very old-fashioned oh, yeah. word. But I don't know. There's just something about it. Maybe it's because it's not used that often that Probably. sort of evokes a certain memory. I guess I don't know, but yeah. So this is setting up just really the a plot. Well, yeah, this is just setting up a plot. There's still more to get into, which we'll get into as soon as the credits are over. But uh, just setting up a really strong uh, plot device of, of Liz finally. Not only kicking Dennis to the curb, but now she has to go back into the dating world, which we see uh, she's... It's a disaster! It's a Lizaster. <sighs> hey, that's a joke they use. They Does it make it a good one? Yes. Yes, because we're talking about one of the best shows ever. <laughs> I just realized Kenneth is not in this episode. You're right. And Grizz and .com are not in this episode. Yeah. Jonathan's not in the episode. No, they're not. But everyone else is. Um, Pete's not. Pete's no, not Pete's in the not episode. Either. I think that might be his first episode he's missed. That probably. I think. Hmm. Yeah. It was pretty. I have to keep that budget <laughs> low. Yeah, they they were still struggling, I guess. So when can we see each other again? What are you wearing? Black dress. Black stockings. A funeral. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, uh, let me call you back in an hour. Yeah, bye. Why are you crying? Did the Liberty lose again last night? I'm not crying. I have allergies. Allergies are all in the mind, Lemon. I used to have a wicked peanut allergy. And now, witness. As I'm sure you surmised from that call, I'm seeing a woman of late. Yeah, who's the lucky lady? Let's just say she's a high-ranking African-American member of the Bush administration. Are you dating Condoleezza Rice? Well, I, I want to I wanna, uh, talk about something real quick before we talk about Condoleezza Rice. Uh... The the whole thing the the joke that both Dennis and and Jack have made about allergies being mental is that real? I don't I don't per, I don't have allergies. I've never had allergies. I've never I don't know too many people that do, or if they do, they've never talked about it. But like that idea of like it's like a mental game versus like a physical limitation of someone. No, I'm definitely allergies are real. When I know like allergies are real, like you know, like there's measles, smallpox, like chickenpox, things like that. I mean, but, probably like, like anything. There's a psychological co- component where yeah. if you obsess over it, then you can probably exacerbate the symptoms. But I okay. mean, if you're allergic to, you know, pollen or something, you're, you're gonna. I mean, that's why every spring, like lots of people, you know, get like lots of runny noses and sneezing and headaches and yada yada, just because all the pollen that's floating around i i mean i guess and i guess like there's drugs like what's the what's the big drug like claritin, oh, like claritin and yeah all that yeah. stuff that like doesn't cure it obviously but i guess no yeah. and i mean probably some of that is a placebo effect oh. but I, I mean i don't know uh, yes allergies are real but there's i guess there's uh, i would Birth say there's, or there's placebo a, too like a there's a set for like one week, week of yes that are placebos okay yes yeah i don't know much about the medical game so i, I remember hearing that several years ago and i was like what that's crazy yeah also 
I, I like that 30 Rock made a WNBA joke. A very <laughs> a very low-key WNBA joke that you had to really pay attention to to catch. Like, but yeah. that's also kind of indicative... Well, it, it's a good summation of both how clever 30 Rock is and also why like it was a but, very niche show. Because yeah. that's like... <laughs> like It's such an obscure... Like I, I, I mean, I've seen this show seven times, like countless times. And I always hear him say... Did Liberty lose last night? And I've never even once thought to Google what that means. Yeah. I know it's not a hockey team. I know it's not a football team, basketball, nothing. Well, men's basketball. Uh, so I was just like, I don't get that reference, but I don't I don't know what that is. And I, I was just like, Liberty, maybe that was like her college team or something. But I, was just, I never bothered to look into it. But that does make sense because it sort of feeds off that idea. Like he still thinks she's potentially a lesbian. Yeah. And the stereotype of WNBA fans are... Well, I mean, anyone around women's basketball is a stereotype that they're, most of the players are lesbians and yeah. most probably the female fans who follow it are, I don't know, it's just, just an ugly old stereotype. It is very ugly but and old. But it totally makes sense that Jack Donaghy would. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So you want to talk you about Condoleezza Rice now? Oh, I want to talk about the Liberty thing. You didn't want to talk about Condoleezza Well, I mean, we can. Okay. I just didn't have anything. I, I had something to say about the Liberty thing. I, didn't okay. say. I mean... I mean, the episode was oh, no, I mean, about Condoleezza yeah. Rice. Yeah, well, we can say. I mean, it, it, it's just funny that Jack Donaghy would be... I mean, it's so random for him to be dating Condoleezza Rice. But, like, it, it makes sense. It further sets him up as, like, this Republican power player, and he mm-hmm. has a lot of ins. But also, it's just the the... I don't know. I, together, they just don't look like they would be a couple whatsoever. Because she, you know, was very serious and policy-minded and whatever and and he is i don't know well who knows what his public image is within the world but obviously we see him as a goofier yeah like he he doesn't seem as tight of a conservative as other conservatives that like he interacts with but you know for his public persona he has to at least uh hit a certain percentage of being like yeah i'm conservative but i'm also like pretty loose on some ideas, I guess, but uh, yeah, so it, it's interesting, and I mean, it doesn't like. I think this is the one episode that this relationship lasts, but we do get a Condoleezza Rice cameo in season four or five. Oh, like really? she actually, she actually does come to the show and uh, has like a little bit of a short uh, bit with Jack. Uh, it's pretty great, um, but yeah, like this is so. This is two thousand six, two thousand seven. You know, this is so Bush near the end of the second term. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was when she was sort of. Uh, I guess was she was so she would be like the Kellyanne Conway. No, she was the national security advisor, I believe. Um, so that is God. Who is that now? It's hard. To, it's hard to keep track of. I mean, it's a revolving door. Well, because uh, currently that was the thing that Michael Flynn was at the very beginning before he, before he was fired or quit or whatever after a month or two, and then there was that I think H.R. McMaster was who succeeded him, but he was too boring. <laughs> like a... But literally, he was too boring, so H. Trump canned him. That sounds like a comic um, book character. And uh, God, I don't even. I don't know. I, I couldn't even I couldn't remember who replaced him. To be honest, uh, it's hard to keep up with all the musical yeah. chairs. Anyway, but yes, yeah, so no, so she was yeah, she was national security, um, so very policy focused. Mm. Yeah, Kelly and Conway is. I she's think her role is just like a, a, not of the house, but just like no, she's like the face or. I mean, well, voice. essentially, she's a PR person. I don't know what her official title is. Probably, uh, I don't know something with communications advisor or something like that. I'm not really sure, yeah. but. She doesn't. She, I don't think she actually does officially. I don't think she does any policy. Oh, I, I can't imagine she has any real power or 
uh, she has influence, but not like power to actually do anything. It's just like she's like a a, a person on the shoulder. The one who goes on the talk shows to. Does she still? Do, I I feel not like as we, much. We've as already she used talked to. about this, which it's upsetting to me. We've talked about her twice, much less we're <laughs> still talking about her. But yeah, I don't know. I I again, I've sort of been just wipe that stuff from my mind and, and my feeds of stuff so i don't really see if she actually is active i imagine she is because if she were fired we would have heard oh she does you know she you still see clips pop up online mm-hmm. every so often but it's not as much as it used to be i guess mm. i'll continuously stay oblivious to it and be happy so. yeah back to 30 rock yeah all right we did it. <laughs> i'm not at liberty to say the point is my lady friend is an egghead much like yourself not my usual thing and i need your advice we're having a lot of trouble connecting lately. She does a lot of traveling. Yeah, and it must be hard for her to get cell phone reception when she's so far up the president's butt. I'm choosing to ignore that remark on the basis that you are a godless, glassy-eyed Clintonista. Now, I wanted to get my friend something personal. Do you think that you would prefer this handsome attache, which says you are a woman of substance and I respect you? Or this collection of ladies unmentionables with snaps and openings all over the place? Attache! I see. Okay. So after Liz and Jack talk... Tracy is getting ready for his next sketch, and he's in a dress, and Twofer doesn't like it. And this sets up the Twofer and Tracy sort of B-plot of this episode. Jenna to the floor, please. Jenna. Yeah, it's pretty good. But I think the boobs should swing more. Yeah, then I could go, Rodney, don't make me come over there and beat you in the head with one of my boom boom. <laughs> yeah. This is just appalling. What's your problem? I just think it's demeaning for a black man to do drag. What? Everybody loves a dude in a dress. I mean, those are the best Bugs Bunnies. Frank, there are large pockets of African-American culture that Caucasians know nothing about. The stigma of drag is one of them. Whatever. I played a woman before. Hunky Grandma be tripping made $96 million. All I'm saying is, is drag is a way for Caucasians to emasculate you and make you seem non-threatening. We never would have stooped so low on Black Frazier. Black Frazier? Niles, this Beaujolais is impeccable. It's both fruity and precocious. That's not the only thing around here that's fruity and precocious. I never heard of Black Frazier. What? It was huge on BET every Thursday night at about 9 and 9.15. Think about it, Tracy. All the best African-American comedians refuse to do drag. Chris Rock doesn't do it. Dr. Cosby doesn't do it. Bernie Mac doesn't do it because he'd be ugly as hell. Forget it. I'm not wearing this dress. It's prejudicial. Thanks a lot. Now, what am I supposed to do with this sketch? I'll do it. I mean, my parents raised me as a girl for like 10 years. But I told you guys that. So, I'm horrible tra- green screen on that. I don't yeah. like that uh, production, but... Yeah, but I'm trying to think, when did the, like, Tyler Perry media stuff start? Well, I mean, like, so, like, movies, movies? Because, uh, yeah. I mean, they I mean, were when plays, became, yeah. there were plays in the early 2000s. I guess when it became 90s, very much in American um, popular culture. It had to be around... So, I was working at the theater when Diary of Mad Black Woman came out, and I worked from the theater 2003 to 2006. Uh, I want to say the first Medea movie came out, like, 2004, 2005, because it was a hit. Yeah. It was huge. So... Yeah. Uh, but again, like this idea, like a man dressing up as a woman or a black man dressing up as a woman, uh, has been done for a while. I mean, like with big, like honky grandma be tripping is right. definitely a big mama's house sure. reference. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I was just trying to think cause I, I, I guess the perspective like that Tufer says is interesting that 
dressing up as a woman is like how white people like can emasculate black men, which makes sense. But it's like, that's why I was trying to figure out if this is before media, because I feel that Puritan series of movies like completely change that up you know like yeah. the, i mean those were a series i mean that are still ongoing of a lot of like highly successful yeah. highly and because visible it's a, movies it's a black production yeah it's yeah. seemingly like i guess more acceptable and it, yeah i say it seems like that stigma would lessen have yeah. lessened over time that's why i was just yeah. trying to figure out if this was so the, but the at, at at worst i guess this would have been in the early phase when maybe it was getting like those types of movies were becoming popular but not not a yeah, sustained so, cultural because this is 2006 so Medea had yeah. been around or Tyler Perry's productions had been around for a while and plays and had, maybe two movies had been out um, before this at least one maybe two had yeah. been out since this so like yeah like the stigma was probably lessened considerably yeah. as a result yeah so I so really then maybe if like uh, think piece culture was like then like it is now you would probably have think pieces written like things that two four are saying about that sort of thing, I guess. But it didn't happen because I mean, obviously the internet was around back then, but it it just it, there wasn't the same yet. There wasn't the same I don't know, like culture writing hot take culture yet. I guess. Yeah. So, I, but I mean, like Tracy sort of like even comes back at two for later about like you know, yeah, like Cosby didn't do it or Chris Rock doesn't do it, but. Uh, there is a subset or a, a section of black actors who did do uh, cross-dress roles or whatever you want to classify it as, and they were successful, and they weren't necessarily seen as stigmatic, I guess. Um, I, I can't obviously speak for a different culture's uh, outlook on it, but... Yeah. Well, um, uh, I mean, like, I mean, the Nutty Professor stuff, you know, yeah. Eddie Murphy did cross-dressing that. Martin Lawrence did the... Is it cross-dressing in the right term? I guess you would... Yeah. You to, yeah, you, you wouldn't call it anything else. I mean... Uh, Martin Lawrence did for um, uh, Big Mama's House. I'm trying to think, has anyone else done it? I'm sure there have oh, yeah, been. Probably. Flip Wilson, he, he, he name-drops Flip Wilson. I, that name's escaping me. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, so looking at it, like, so Medea, uh, Diary of Mad Black Woman came out in 2005, and Medea's okay. Family Reunion was 2006. So, okay, so that, around this time, two yeah. Medea movies had sort of been out, okay. sort of helping probably lessen that stigma. Um, but yeah, like, I think if this episode was sort of made now, it probably wouldn't be as strong as a, a plot point to talk about because it, it probably would be lessened by yeah. Tyler Perry. Yeah, I feel like because of Drag Race. Oh, to yeah, like yeah. drag culture because uh, I guess it seems like American culture has had a different I don't know just a l- less comfort with drag culture maybe because I, I feel like in places like the UK like they have a long history of drag culture going way back and you know men just dressing as women for whatever comedy panto right just a, a cheap cheap laugh or yeah, something like that yeah. yeah and it's not that Britain doesn't have the same problem with like masculinity and stuff, but it, it just seems like it's less, I don't know, just less weirdness and more comfort with it than for a while America had until, I mean, obviously I'm sure there's still plenty of people in America who are, would be weirded out by it, but in the last few years, it's become very mainstreamed. Oh yeah, I mean RuPaul's Drag Race is what like nine, ten seasons deep right now. Like it's, some, some, it's I a think yeah, plus show. plus a couple All Stars uh, seasons. Too. Yeah, I mean I I don't really care for reality TV, so it's not something that I 
watch or, or really care to watch but i mean it seems a lot like of people it's love it. no it, yeah. it seems like it's it's a positive like a progressive show versus just making light of something that is still uh, relatively taboo or or at least misunderstood like it's helping bring light to something that in the 90s and early 2000s you heard transvestite transsexual whatever and it it just you didn't it it had just almost like this naughty or bad idea about what it was or just completely misunderstood like no one was talking about it so i mean rupaul has been big since the 90s but does he have do they have a preference he he yeah okay okay um yeah so i mean he's been around for decades now um but even still he was like basically the only voice uh, that had like a mainstream audience because obviously in bigger cities more open cities drag queens and all that are uh, accepted but middle america doesn't know what they are so yeah um, yeah i mean i think it's absolutely like, the, the the landscape just in the last 10 years has changed because so, so if drag if rupaul's drag race is nine ten season deep like it would have started around this time so that would have also lessened. Or I think it might have. No, I, I, I think like, they might. They might have done a couple of years. Year. Okay. So, so. I, I don't think it was. Because that's what Survivor does, right? Like the or amazing Survivor does so, two, they a like two a year. Just know? two. So a year. they can have like forty. What there are like forty seasons now. Something like that. It's been yeah. It's crazy. Uh, I guess because yes, it's been on for twenty years and mm-hmm. two. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 But they weren't doing two every year when they started, were they? I think so. Be- well, I think so because well. I don't know, this is interesting, but it, like, it was on, the first season was on one summer, and then it was like the next season premiered like right after the Super Bowl, so it was the summer to the suit January after, and then I think really from there they started doing a fall and a spring season mm. every year, and I, I think they've done that every year. So that's a crazy production year schedule. Since. Yeah. But I do like this, like, Tufer and Tracy storyline, sort of like where it goes, and it helps bring Rachel Dratch back, which is always nice. Monday night is girls' night. I'm taking you out, 9.30. I know this great karaoke place where you can get a pedicure while you sing. Oh, Jenna, I'll go anywhere. Just please, no more karaoke. Not after our last duet. When I'm right here, you need to be here. Not here. Here is embarrassing. Okay, fine. I didn't say that. I said you're a beautiful woman. It wouldn't hurt to try something different with your hair. Check this out. I think Jack is dating Condi Rice. Oh. God, that's huge. Oh, no, no. I never said braces. I said bonding. Dude, that Shamanda character was the best thing of the night. Oh, what was her line? Say it again. Rodney! Don't make me come over there and beat on you with my boom booms. <laughs> <laughs> you burn me. There's nothing wrong with a black comedian wearing a dress. Eddie does it. Martin does it. Jamie Foxx. Flip Wilson. Whoopi Goldberg does it every day. You stole a franchise from me. Samantha could have been a movie. Okay, you need to write something great for him before this becomes a problem. I wouldn't even know where to begin writing for a guy like that. Then write something with him. But bonding, for like, so what Brigitte is obviously, but is, what is bonding for teeth? Oh. oh, doesn't she have a gap in her teeth? Yeah, but what so. is bond, is this bond like, like bond? Would that like move them closer oh, together and remove the gap? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know enough about teeth, but I guess that's what it. Yeah, because braces are supposed to align. Yeah. So bonding would probably be less embarrassing than braces as an adult. So maybe that's what he's. Oh, uh, that's why there is. Oh, that's a pretty subtle joke, I guess. But now we have the impact of Josh playing the. I don't even want to say the name Shamanda. Like it's. Oh yeah. It's not really a timely joke. 
doesn't really hold up well. No. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like a very like under sort of it's it's an under delivered line. Like he doesn't put a lot of emphasis on it, but it's still like it's just not a great it's not a great it's name a for the character. Yeah. Like if that actually did get a movie, they'd have to change it. It's not a good name. So with Liz's advice, Tufer and Tracy seek out each other to write a sketch for the next show, and it sort of explains a lot about their relationship. Our comedy got to do more to make people laugh. Got to make people think. I want to hold a mirror up to society, and then win world record for biggest mirror. He's totally right. Gotta be raw! Uh-huh. I got a concept for a sketch I think you might like. You and Jenna play slea stacks from Land of the Lost, and you're trying to get a small business loan. What? Because you want to open up a pancake house called Slee's Stacks. Are you black? So we were watching this, and you said, I don't understand any of that. Thankfully, I'm here to help you out. Thanks. So Land of the Lost was, uh, I think there was a six, I think there was a, a version in like the 70s. It was one of the, Sid and Marty Croft, like one of the last things, the they did all the HR puffin stuff. Like, I do know that. Yeah, so the same creators that HR puppet stuff, I think one of the last shows they did was called Land of the Lost. Did it have something to do with dinosaurs? It had something to do with okay. They rebooted it in the late or mid-90s as a Nickelodeon show, or at least Nickelodeon was okay. airing it. that's probably what I'm... That's probably what you might vaguely know. Vaguely remembering about But it. yeah, so it was in the 70s and 80s, it was a Marty Croft thing, and then it was rebooted in the 90s, and then there was a Will Ferrell movie version sometime in the 2000s. That's right, I do remember so, that. So... In Land of the Lost, there's like these caveman creatures called Sleestacks. That's the name of the race of things. And so two for saying you have a pancake house called Sleestacks because ah. it's a stack of pancakes that you would buy. I, 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 so that's the I, I, whole, that's the joke. So I'm glad that I could help you. Thanks. Um, does that make the joke funny now? Well, anytime you have to explain a joke, it sucks all the humor out of if it. If you but have I, to explain a joke, I get why it's funny. It's really funny because yes. you've explained it end to end. So I get why it's funny. Yeah. No, I mean it's it's also funny because it's like it just shows like Tufer's frame of reference for funny comedy is uh, an old, outdated yeah. premise that I no one would get that. Like I got it, but I'm probably in the minority of people that would even remember Land of the Lost in 2006 because I don't think the Will Ferrell reboot. Was even announced at this time, so yeah, it's got a fun theme. The '90s one has a fun theme song, though, so I would say look it up. Welcome it's, to the land. It, of the it's one of those like in the '70s and '80s where they literally just explain, like, exposit what the show and story is going to be about in the opening. I credits. mean, I love those, but they're bad. I recognize how bad. I they mean, are, but they're fun. Better to load your theme song with lots of exposition to understand what's going on as opposed to like terrible dialogue as part of the actual show true true yeah no i i welcome it uh yeah so there you go land of the lost reference it's the only one we'll ever get i think so we realize we're playing a lot of clips in this episode the problem is it's almost every single scene is funny or has something that needs to be talked about so we'll try and cut down on them but honestly it's hard because i want to play all of i want to play the full episode because honestly it's so good but I know we can't for legal reasons and also for time constraint. But um, this is just every scene is so powerful and great and I love it. Oh, here it is. Izzle, a suffix that can be used to take the place of anything. Well, now you're just being Patrick Nizzle. You know who would love this argument? My racist grandfather. 
I thought writing with you was going to be like two brothers writing together. We're not even speaking the same Grandma, language. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I'm speaking English. Just, just listen. Just listen. Come on. Who raised you? Standing there with your pants that fit, using a wallet, drinking Starbucks. And what is this? That's my Harvard acapella group, the Crocodillos. I had a solo in Like a Prayer. Come on. Where's your heritage? My brother? My homeboy? My... So in this scene, Liz is getting ready for girls' night, but gets a call from Jack. Jack, is everything all right? I think I figured out why things have been so rocky with my lady friend. I'm on the street. I can barely hear you. She's cheating on me, Liz. I think there's another man in the picture. Are you sure, Jack? She kind of seems like an honest lady. I know what I know. Next time I see Putin, I'm going to kick his teeth in. Sorry I'm late. Well, thank God you're here. This place is creeping me out. I don't think I can do this. Well, you're gonna be great. They're cute. Do you think they're Wall Street guys? Yeah, I think they're from the firm of Date Rape, Cokington, Cheeseball, and Jag. <laughs> you got to give this a chance. Excuse me. Is this seat taken? Oh, really, dude? I gotta move my coat? There's like four empty seats down there. Can't you just be cool? I wanted to buy you a drink. Really? I already have a drink. Do you think you'd buy me mozzarella sticks? What is the matter with you? I don't know. I'm just nervous and rusty. Well, just relax and be yourself. Can I have a martini, please? Hi. But then girls' night starts, uh, and so we get Liz and Jenna just sort of scoping out the bar. And, and we Liz also, is real rusty. Real, real rusty and jaded and just like so just not open to the idea even though she's desperate to be out of a relationship i don't think she's necessarily ready to go into one uh but yeah she's just but it's clear like her character she just doesn't like bars or club scenes like she's just happier anywhere else i guess but like i she's got a lot of good lines in this of just but jenna tries her best to be supportive oh he knows where bin laden is come on the Carlisle Group, the Unical Pipeline, the assassination of Olaf Palm. Come on, the proof is in the pudding. Oh, these are good. Really? You think she looks like Jessica Simpson? You could put a long blonde wig on a ferret and it would look like Jessica Simpson. And by the way, Jessica Simpson would think that you are old and gross. So good luck with that. I really didn't think I was going to meet anybody tonight, but you and I have so much in common. Also, you have really pretty eyes. Oh, hi. I learned the truth at 17 That love was meant for beauty queens Hey, you're coming to that. High school girls with clear skin smiles Who married young and then retired Whoa I thought bars were open till 4 Not 11.30, let's get you to bed So, where do you want to start with that? Liz is real bad at chatting up people. <laughs> it's like she she's having conversations with people that you have twenty dates into a relationship, like not something you have on the first night <laughs> necessarily. Uh, I mean, even some of that is pretty insulting to say to when someone calls says someone looks like Jessica Simpson. Say anyone put 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 a wig on a ferret and they yeah. Look like Jessica I mean, Simpson. it's it's a slight against Jessica Simpson, which but there's like a last. Uh, thread line that I can sort of make a reference of. Uh, so 
Liz is singing 17 by Janice Ian, uh, which was the first musical performance on SNL ever. Oh, really? Which obviously Tina Fey came from. Um, obviously wasn't on when the first musical guest. <laughs> Maybe she might have been alive by that time, but uh, yeah, so it's just uh, whether that was a specific choice by Tina Fey to do that song because of her SNL heritage or it's just a fun coincidence, I don't know. But I think that's just maybe like a it was fun foreshadowing way, something with Dennis. No, I'm not coincidental. But it's definitely like a song that Tina Fey would know, as well as like Liz Lemon would yeah. probably sing on a regular basis. Yeah. Well, because like, she yeah. wasn't even looking at the screen for the lyrics. Like she knows the lyrics. Like it's a song she probably sings all of the time. Yeah, so. I mean, she named a character in Mean Girls after uh, Janice Ian, so I'm oh, sure. Right. So I'm sure you're she's. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably a big fan. I can't wait to talk about Mean Girls. It's gonna be so much fun. So now we get uh, mediation between Tufer and Tracy. Uh, this is probably just my favorite scene of the entire episode. It's just it's so sharp from beginning to end. It's it's so great. Uh, I see you all met Norman from Human Resources. Oh, hi. He tells me that Tufer has filed a harassment complaint against Tracy. What? Now I have to attend sensitivity training. What seems to be the problem, Tufer? Mr. Jordan called me the N-word. And? And I was really offended. Because? Because it's a racial slur. Brothers talk to other brothers like that. I was being friendly. Yes, Tufer. Uh, you see, in the last decade or so, the African-American community has reappropriated that word as a way of depriving it of its meaning. <laughs> Just don't try to tell my girlfriend that. Yeah, uh, Tufer, I, I really don't think Tracy was trying to offend you. So do you think the writing was trying to make a point about, like, the condescension of quote-unquote well-meaning white people? Because it's like, they're, they're taking the attitude of obviously, like, a, we're white people who would never say that word, but they treat it as if it isn't a big deal. I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out if, is that, is that like intentional commentary or, because if not, then it's a little. I think it's, I think it's for Jax, it's, he wants to avoid a lawsuit. For Liz, she is naive to think, well, yeah, black people say that word all the time. Why wouldn't it be okay for two black people to say it to each other? Like, she's not understanding Tufer's uh, stance where he's coming from. And so it is just like white people just being oblivious to the fact that it's still, regardless of what race is using that word, can still be potentially affecting to someone. And I think they're like, well, culturally, black people say it to each other all the time. Why is it a big deal to you guys? You know, I think that's what it is. I think it's, it's naivete on both parts for Jack, but it's more for Jack. He doesn't want to have a lawsuit. And Liz is just like, this is a silly discussion. Like, I thought something more serious had happened rather than just like he said a word that in your culture is accepted. Right. But I guess, I don't know, is it intentional that both Jack and Liz come off, are supposed to come off as kind of slightly like just naive or, oh, yeah. or just, you know, like... Yeah, I think it... it I, I, I don't know. Again, I don't... Maybe it's they're not naive. Maybe it is that they're just like... They don't see the point of, of this being a big deal. They, they just would assume that it's like, oh, this is what this is. This seems... Are, like just seems unnecessary and silly. So maybe yeah. it is a naivete well, that, or, or something. Well, I, right, but I mean, you know, obviously if like... Tracy were a white person and it was the same situation like they would be like oh my god you know like they would be freaking out but because it's not that they they, they treat it totally nonchalantly almost to a point where because of how nonchalant it's like that's almost like a, a little bit racist in their own you know what I mean oh so, yeah you know, I mean they're definitely yeah I, I guess I'm trying to figure out how much of that is 
intentional from a writing standpoint and how much of it is like a writing blind spot and it's um, not like you know like the i don't know it's not are they it's not as self- while they were writing yeah to know, exactly like, this is what we were supposed to do or yeah. like they were writing this completely oblivious to the fact that you can yeah. read it multiple ways yeah well uh i guess as we've already sort of seen like liz is in the character racist and yeah. tina fey has kind of said some questionable things yeah a couple times yeah. um I, it probably is the idea that she was oblivious to how it could be interpreted. Um, yeah. But she is pretty self-aware, too. So it's like, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, how... Yeah. Gonna... Like, is she really being smart about it? Or yeah. is it after? Is it an after the after effect or after the fact kind of idea of now I see? Like, I don't know. That's a good read, though. But I don't know. I, I don't yeah. have an answer. But, yeah. It is, like, they should be more sentimental or... or understanding of Tufer's stance because he's not exactly in the wrong but I mean I'm speaking as a white person so I don't have much clout in saying <laughs> I mean the word yeah. is bad and you shouldn't use it as a white person but I know in sections of black culture they use the word just as a, a noun or, or just something to refer to one right. another it's not my place to take a stance yeah. on any of the usage if that's what they want to do and they're not offending anyone with doing it it's not my place to say you shouldn't say that it's no one's place to say that so yeah i don't know that's 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 hard to answer yeah well i mean i i just how aware they were when ex- i mean it. it's it's hard i mean there's no definitive answer we can't go back look at people's mindsets 12 years ago and say like this is definitely how they meant because it's a little it's a little because mm-hmm. i was just curious because I can see it how there's like a there's like a nuanced level of satire saying like Jack and Liz look how oblivious like white normally I would say like white liberal but Jack obviously isn't liberal but still that's sort of just like white liberal like we're well meaning but we treat this as if it isn't a big deal because that's just what black people do as opposed to a more surface level like the, you know is the writing treating it just more of a straightforward circumstance I don't know yeah I don't know. I feel like the shows get gets a little more self aware. They don't talk. They don't do too many topical bits about uh, a sort of controversial controversial subject matter. There's one episode. So you remember, like, while Thirty Rock was airing, like Tracy Jordan on one of their off seasons did like a stand up tour, and he said a comment along the lines of like, "If my son was gay, I would have killed him." Something like that. Isn't that a Kevin Hart joke? No, oh. <laughs> no. Like Tracy Morgan literally said on tour because of his beliefs or whatever uh and so when the next season airing one of a couple of the episodes sort of touched on that subject of like you can't say that that's not okay and then uh he doesn't it's not i mean it's it's still gay themed but it's not as aggressive as what he said in real life but on the show it's sort of it's still like so they touch on some of that stuff every now and again but it still is with like a slant of um, how self-aware are they when they're writing this. Yeah. So, I, But I think they grow as the show goes on. But I don't know. It's interesting. I wish this episode had commentary. Maybe they would have divulged <laughs> what, the, what they were thinking at the time of writing. But yeah. I guess we'll just never know. It's okay for us to use it with each other. You could call me that. It's a term of endearment. Look, I'm not trying to cause any trouble. And I confess, I appreciate what you do for the show. I want you to be my brother, my homeboy, my... Oh! Speedy is a jerk. Not cool, homie. You might as well spray me down with a fire hose. You sound so hateful coming from you. I wish to file a complaint. 
<laughs> and see, and then at the end, that's why it brings it back around. Maybe they are because, like, obviously he's a black person who's saying it, and they're like, oh, like, oh from, yeah. But I mean, they even though Tufer's black, they they because of the way he presents himself and he acts, right? They see him as a white guy, yeah. Even though he's clearly black, which in itself is like almost then another like, right? Is it problematic or is it self aware? Like, yeah. It's, well, I mean, I should say problematic. That that's become a that's become a cliche that's like misused. But you know. Is it, yeah, is it self-aware or is it, is it, you know, not, uh... Well, like, I mean, two first storyline gets a little more developed uh, in a couple of seasons where it sort of comes back, like, the reason, the only reason he's there is because of affirmative action, like, they needed a black yeah. person on the staff, so, uh, yeah, I don't, they, they, they probably don't see him as black, uh, I mean, they, they, they probably will say unironically we don't see color here we don't see race yeah. so we just treat everyone as as they present themselves yeah but for a minority there still needs to be awareness that like yes they may i don't want to say they act outside their race or act mm-hmm. a different way but if you know despite how they present themselves they are still a minority there's still an idea of awareness that needs to be understood when interacting with them just to avoid situations like this but I've always not now that we've got too heavy-handed, we'll try and lighten it up a little bit. But I just love the, the line of Liz saying, "It just sounds so hateful coming from you." It's <laughs> yeah. great delivery. It's so good, and it just sells that moment even yeah. more because it's just like she knows he's black. They just had this conversation, but it's just like she hears it and she's just like, "Oh my god!" It's just it sounds like you're the worst. It's so good. It's such a great delivery. I love it so much. So now that Liz has dumped Dennis, he comes back for one last time to pour his heart out to her and uh, apologize. I don't know. Does he really apologize? I don't think he ever says sorry. I think he just says, like, I'm on my way out. Yeah. So it's a good scene. It's it's one of those rare scenes of 30 Rock where there's just, like, some heart involved, even though it's, it's almost, like, immediately undercut by a bunch of jokes and stuff. But yeah. it's it really just shows some emotion that the show doesn't go there that often but when it does it's well done and it begins the dennis redemption arc hey dennis what are you doing here yeah hey, i'm moving into uh, my new apartment so i got one last thing to say to you and then i'll be out of your life forever dear liz lemon while other women have bigger boobs than you no woman has as big a heart when i saw you getting ready to go out and get nailed by a bunch of guys last night I knew for sure it was over between us. And for the first time since the 86 World Series, I cried. I cried like a big dumb little <laughs> And if it was up to me, we would be together forever. But there's a new thing called women's liberation, which gives you women the right to choose, and you have chosen to abort me, and that I must live with. So tonight, when you arrive home, I'll be gone. I officially renounce my squatter's rights. I'll always love you. Goodbye and good luck. I'll never forget you. And that is why we are no longer a couple. The guy just came in here and bared his soul to you. What are you? Made of stone? Am I crazy? The guy's a disaster, right? I I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's a little bridge and tunnel, but you did say you had some good times. No, 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 no. He had his bad moments, too. Hey, threesome? about it, huh? I'm just saying, after last night, maybe he's not such a bad choice. You are suggesting that I get back with Dennis. Maybe, 
Look, you're a writer. Write a list of Dennis's pros and cons. It's a very helpful exercise. It's how I decided to get a scooter instead of a bike. <laughs> that is such a good scene, but it's frustrating because despite that speech, everyone still thinks Dennis is a good guy. But it just, I mean, it really just sounds like he just took words that he had no idea what they meant or was like, this sounds good, but maybe I'll just make it sound a little more smart. Or make it sound smarter yeah. by like putting in words like abortion and like trying to say that I understand what women's liberation is, even though I'm using air quotes. I don't know. It's just like, well, that's that's what makes it so funny though, and it's yeah, because, yeah, it's no, like no, it's a total switch. Like you know, prior to that, it was like Liz was the one who's making excuses, like oh maybe he's not so bad, and everyone else is like oh god he's terrible, and now it's like with that like now Liz is the, the only shit, one who like, thinks who sees him for being crazy, and suddenly she's everyone else is like guy. well actually he's not. Yeah. You know, it's like a, like everyone has literally shifted the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean Jenna's stance is definitely the strongest because like she yeah. realizes like Liz is out of touch and she's probably not going to get anyone else, so she should start to settle. But yeah, yeah, no. It is like it's funny to see them all just sort of like not immediately take Liz's side despite all the bad evidence against her or against him. It's it's pretty it's pretty great. So on the way out of Thirty Rock, Dennis bumps into Jack, who helps him understand his relationship a little bit better and how he can potentially help save it in the long run. But he just gives a basic metaphor of like if he if he hides himself enough from Liz, then Liz will come back inevitably, which is true she does go back to him a couple of times after this but uh, it's a long it's a long con it's not something that's immediately paid off so this is like a more remediation uh uh let's say level two remediation where they're having like i guess it's, i guess she's the hr rep does she's does she give her title no but i mean usually that's who does sensitive right. training so so, HR, yeah so. sensitivity training is better so we get rachel josh's cameo as mrs snoo i assume that's some reference to something I don't know. Um, the only thing is, I know it's an anagram of news, so that's something. Um, but yeah, it's a great character. And the really funny thing about this is Tracy and, and Tufer are the only two blacks, uh, or two black people on in the sensitivity training. <laughs> Everyone else is like old white men, yeah. which probably says a lot. Each of you is here because you were insensitive to a coworker, okay? You might have used one of the words Stop. I call the uh-oh words, such as slut. Ho, bitch, biatch, queer burger, faggotron, gay bird, uh, the word for black in any language, nero, noir, schwarz, negro, kanjansek. Hmm? So, what else? What else can we not call each other? How about sweaty greaseball? Oh, very good. That's highly offensive. Person of color. I guess if you say it like that. Sneaky Taiwanese tranny who stole my watch. Oh, yes! <laughs> These words are terrible. You don't have to put this on there, but it's interesting that they can use the word fag on network television. But I, think that's, the word. I think that's an ADR line because you don't see her deliver it, you only hear it. Mm. Or they might have said something not worse, but something mm. that didn't clear like standards and practices because you it sounds off it sounds a little bit different yeah. from like her being recorded in room versus mm -hmm. being recorded after the fact i'm pretty sure that's an adr line mm -hmm. versus yeah she probably said something different like she yeah. probably probably said faggot versus yeah. faggotron but even then like still like that's i mean I'm it's enough of the word that, that you're basically saying it anyway yeah uh yeah it's weird that that maybe not i'm again i'm not saying definitively she did say something different yeah but Every time I've watched that scene, the sound is different, 
she had to have said something different that didn't get cleared. Yeah. But today, we are going to learn to communicate in a different way. And I would like to start with Tracy and James. Guys, now I understand that the two of you got into a big old conflict yesterday. And let's work this out. Tracy, what did you really want to say to James? I'm trying to tell him he's my brother. We're the only two blacks on the show. We have to figure out a way to work together. Like Professor Martin Luther King said, I have a feeling. It is Dr. Martin Luther King, and he did not have a feeling. He had a dream. Ah, two wears khakis. Uncle Tom party one. <laughs> Uncle Tom party one. You can't call someone that if you've never read the book. You know what I think? I think you're ashamed of being black, and you're an embarrassment to your community. I, I embarrass you. You embarrass me, and you know why? Because there are racist people in this world, and when they see you act like a fool, they assume we're all fools. That's it! This is it! This is the sketch we should do! What? Right here, you and me! This is deep stuff going on! We gotta write this! You're right. <laughs> no, thank you very yeah. much! Oh. Okay, okay, that's really against the rules. It's amazing the parallel between by acting like a fool you make all black people look like fools and by like being effeminate, like you're playing into a stereotype like for how all straight people see yeah. gay people. Yeah. Parallel. I, I really do like that that sort of like, it, it's very quick, but like that line of there are racist people in this world when they see you act that way, they assume we all act that way. Like part of me thinks like this was actually like an onset situation between like a writer maybe donald glover yeah and maybe maybe tracy morgan of like donald glover maybe presents himself in a different way and he doesn't like the represent or the presentation that tracy morgan maybe might give but off i mean that sort of attitude is a self-hating sort of attitude though because it's like i mean yeah, live and let live yeah. like do what you want like if people you know project whatever their own prejudices off of your actions like that's their problem not yours yeah but i mean it's still it's still hard to remove yourself from that or to, or to say like you know i understand that it's their prejudice and it, it's their issue with it but they it's clear if there are if, if they're that ignorant they're not going to want to hear that it's not their or, you know they're not they're not going to want to listen to it anyway so it's better maybe we do present ourselves in a different way uh so they don't have ammunition then right i understand that's the point of view yeah. i just think that that's a a completely flawed and like that you're 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 bounding yeah. yourself up like over right i mean yeah it's definitely not it's not necessarily healthy and it's not the better route but i but i kind of get it so like yeah it's it's hard to it's hard to defend that logic but i get it yeah oh i want to read off of the pros and cons list because it is <laughs> massive and it is so funny to me because some of it just doesn't really make sense, or it's just, it's so vague, it doesn't make sense. So, for pros, we have Dennis is, he's basically nice, he takes good care of his feet, he makes good chili, he remembers her birthday, he rarely wants to do, do it, do it. Is funny when he goofs on his friends, he doesn't care about money, he's loyal, he's too lazy to cheat, would increase the likelihood of a blue-eyed kid. Loves the Simpsons. Lo oh, wow. Dennis and I might be in love. Has good hair. Has already seen me throw up two times. And for the cons, we get not super smart. Listens to Winger. 
not <laughs> just dental hygiene, so obviously bad. Wears acid wash denim. Always wants foot rubs. Not much money. He's Catholic. <laughs> doesn't like his mother. I don't like his mother. His mother doesn't like me. Loves Family Guy. Reads the post. Insists on spending holidays with his mother. Has already seen me throw up. Attempted robbery. Racist. No, no, that's attempted three-way. Oh, sorry. Attempted three-way racist. So yeah, that's the... That's a good pros and cons list because it really, it really is just looking at like just about everything. But I like that doesn't care about money as a pro, but it's like it's also a con that he just doesn't have much money. So it's like, well, that's why he doesn't. I don't know. It's it's fun. It's a good. It's you mean a good, be, you mean the Bieber King isn't extremely profitable? You would think. I mean, in New York, everyone and technology. I mean, he should be marketing cyclical. himself to the hipsters in Brooklyn. Well, he becomes a double business because he gets a coffee machine in a couple oh, of seasons excellent. On, underground in some weird situation. But so he's he's growing. He'll get there. Uh, but so yeah, Liz comes home to find her apartment in a very nice presented way. Uh, the clip doesn't necessarily work too well uh, in audio, so we'll skip it. Uh, but it sort of is like, oh, maybe Dennis isn't so bad. It's just that last lingering thing, like, huh? Maybe, maybe he's got something. Some he's got more pros than cons. So everything's sort of wrapping up. Tracy and Tufers, unfortunately, their skit decides to get cut for time. Uh, but Tufer understands with the bit that uh, goes forth, as well as Jack's story wraps up with Condoleezza Rice. Guess where I was last night? Mark Foley's pajama party. No. Kandahar. Afghanistan? Yeah. Took the corporate jet to hook up with my neocon in Amarada. Well, I'm glad things are working out for you and your mystery lady. Well, actually, they're not. I broke up with her. Really? What happened? Well, I finally realized that we're not compatible. I mean, I'm all for fantasy role play, but Abu Ghraib... Well, you know, relationships end. People move on. But I'm glad at least I gave it a shot. Thank Dennis for making me do that. Dennis? Yep. You know, I might have been too hard on that guy. He's okay. Hey. Hey. I just, um... I just wanted to drop off your Christmas present. I had already bought it for you, so... It's a fancy briefcase, you know, because you're classy and important, like a dude. <laughs> I uh, oh, just okay. sexist yeah, could be added to the cons list. Yeah. In case the next guy you're with, you know, has a dog and you want to stay with him. Anyway. Do you want to eat? What? I got all this Chinese food. I'm never gonna finish it by myself. So. For real? Should I um, grab a plate? Yeah, get me a diet soda. Okay. Good evening, and welcome to Dateline. Chris Hansen has our latest investigation. Hello? Good evening, sir. I'm Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC. Can I ask you what you're doing here tonight? Oh, yeah, I'm here to boff some chick named Mary. Boff some chick Oh, my God! Yeah. And do you know how old Mary is? Like, uh, 22, I think. I'll try again. Crap. That girl says she was 16, but I swear to God I could tell she was 22. Get out of my apartment! This happened while we were broken up. No, 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 no. I was right about you. This is a con. By the way, you on Dateline is a con. You know what? I knew you wouldn't be cool about this. We're finished. You can't break up with me. I already broke up with you. Fine, then we agree to disagree.
was a great ending. I just, I mean, it's still just a solid episode. We yeah. we cut some stuff out. Uh, one bit we cut out uh, where Jack is talking with Dennis. Dennis sets up the the uh, something about twenty year old. They all are. They look. You know, they end up being sixteen, which is a good setup for the fact that he gets caught on or he got caught on Dateline, which. So I don't know how that works. Wouldn't he be arrested and wouldn't he be being sentenced or something if he was caught? Oh, for sure. So yeah. how is he out in the world? Well, or I guess things are filmed a long time before the air. So maybe you could justify by saying he, you know, ended up just having to pay a big fine and maybe spent a month or two in jail or I, I don't know, just something where there's been enough time since it was filmed that he would have been allowed to get back out. I guess, Until, yeah. I mean, it takes, it's a bit, you have to do a bit of a generous yeah, I mean, <laughs> interpretation and but, stuff, but yeah. I mean, you know, um, that's why it's a comedy and not real life. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts? Or any other, it's, any yeah, other well, comments? It's, it's hilarious at the end that, you know, at the in the cold open, like, he has all these holes in the wall and it doesn't look like anything's going to happen. Yeah. And in the end, he has, like, put up nicely mounted everything. Yeah. And then he slams the door and then it just ends and it all just comes right. crashing down. It's yeah. it, it, it's a metaphor for how their uh, and it's relationship good, it's, went over the course of the episode. And it's a good sitcom reset. So, like, that never comes back. So, it's a way to... Yeah. TV wasn't there when the episode started. TV won't be there when the episode ends. It's a good just sitcom reset. But, yeah, no, I mean, it's... God, I just there's so many bits in this episode that I love, and I know we played more than we probably usually do, but it's no, it's just yeah. a solid. It was episode. a sharp hard episode to, with a lot of jokes, and everything sort of led to something, so it was necessary for a lot of those clips to be in there. But uh, it's so good. I'm happy we got to experience this again. It's so good. I love it very much. Hooray! Um, any other final thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, nope. Okay. Let me guess, we're setting up a run of really great episodes. Hey, for two episodes now, I've been right about that, so shut up. Yeah, no, the next episode sets up, it's really good. It's, it's the whole uh, baby fascination Liz has. Uh, we get the introduction of Jack's mother, not on screen, but we get rumblings that she exists, and she'll start playing a role in the series. And then uh, we get a fun bit about uh, contract negotiations. Uh, with Ooh, 30 Rock. contract so, negotiations. That sounds always, so fun. So fun. And only 30 Rock can make them interesting. As always, you can support us if you like. Uh, go to our coffee website, ko-fi.com backslash go to there. Uh, we thank you very much. Uh, we've been doing this uh, like a month and a half now, and we've got a lot of good response, got a lot of good feedback. Uh, we do enjoy doing this, and I hope you guys are enjoying the ride. Uh, David, say something to take us out. See you next time. No, that's too quick. I wasn't done talking. Sorry. Say it like I'm not holding a gun to your head. See you next time. Better. We'll get there. from you. Oh.